Well, hello everyone. I really hope that you're doing well, you know, despite still continually being asked for us to stay from gathering together, I still hope that you're doing really well. You know, I'm not going to lie to sugarcoat the struggle because, you know, it's becoming increasingly hard to remain positive for an outcome that seems to always be a moving target. But I'm trusting and leading hard into God. Even when things don't make sense to me, they do to Him. No matter what is placed as a barrier in front of me, God is greater. He is for me, not against me. And if He's for me, who can be against me? And you know, in a time like now, let His unchanging love towards you be the strength that you need to live in a day like today. You know, and these characteristics of, of strength in God that I just mentioned, and, and you know, the Bible is actually full of them, they're more than just feel-good encouragements. They are, in fact, promises. And actually, I would venture to say that they even go beyond what we understand as promises and guarantees. I believe that they are, in fact, tactical strategies to overcome the troubles that we face. And the scripture that I want to look at today is absolutely one of these strategies. It's Ecclesiastes 4 and verse 9 through 12. It says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one of you may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, right about the time things started to get crazy last year in March, Holly and I were in the market to buy some, some new furniture. And we finally settled on a few small pieces we liked and decided to order them online because of what we could see starting to happen around the world. And we were particularly drawn to this one store because it was Canadian and it also advertised free shipping right to your door. And this was really kind of the deciding factor because at the time we thought staying at home was the right thing to do. So we placed the order, we added to cart, we reviewed the order, and, and lo and behold, there was like a $300 delivery charge tied to this. What kind of false advertising was this? So as a concerned consumer, I immediately called customer service ready to share my disdain for this act of dishonesty. I even waited on hold for 45 minutes so that I could air my grievances. When I finally was able to talk to someone at a call center, I quickly prayed, Lord, give me grace. Don't let this shipping fee fiasco ruin my testimony to this poor underpaid customer service experience specialist. Yeah, hi there. I, I was just wondering what the shipping fee is about when it clearly says on your website, free shipping. I'm sorry, sir. You live outside of the GTA. Terms and conditions apply for free shipping. It's actually on our website in 3.5 font size. Man, I got so angry. Turn the cheek, Pastor Joel. Forgive seven times, 70 times. All right, ma'am. Please cancel the shipping. I will pick it up from your warehouse in Whippy. And I did. I went down there with my makeshift mask because, you know, this was March 2020. We didn't have fancy masks and just ripped t-shirts over our faces. So I picked it up and begrudgingly brought home this mid-century coffee table and lamp. And actually, I haven't actually even been near Toronto since then. It's been that long. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible is all the same font size because there are plenty of terms and conditions in there. One big difference, though, is that they are not in there to protect the writer. They are not in there to say, you know, your peace and joy is only valid if A, B, and C, or my love is subject to availability. No, that is not the terms that apply. The terms are you will find joy, you will find peace, and you will find love if you make the choice to go after me. It's a blueprint. It's actually a set of instructions, just like the ones I used to assemble that non-shippable side table from Whitby. 
Now, what I love about this verse in Ecclesiastes is that it's a promise about the power found in numbers. Two are better than one, and three is stronger than two. I see this passage of Scripture as an irrefutable argument for community. Now, as I say this, you're probably asking yourself, why would I be so tone-deaf to speak about community when we're, we're not able to meet together? Well, I'm glad you asked that. I'm saying this because when we are able to meet, we need to not only celebrate the fact that we can meet together, but also take full advantage of the conditions that apply when we are together. According to this passage, there is strength, a distinctive strength that we receive when we band together. Something happens. Something happens that cannot be replaced with an online sermon or virtual Zoom meetings. During this time of, and at this point, let's call it a prolonged sense of social distancing, we've not only been more isolated than normal, we've also been urged to begin establishing patterns of isolation. We're told not to hug, not to shake hands, or even be in close proximity to someone else. We should wear masks for our protection and the protection of others. We have gotten used to meeting online, learning online, shopping online, curbside delivery, and I can tell by the overall engagement levels of most churches right now that everyone is getting fed up of virtual and I get it. You might not have noticed it yet, but the feeling of exhaustion, disconnection, lethargy, and complacency might just be coming from the fact that we are not currently a three-band cord. We are doing this alone. We are living the part of this passage that says, pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And how can one keep warm alone? We're not meant to be distant people. In fact, the entirety of the Bible speaks to the fact that we are created for community. We are created for relationships. We are created for intimacy. We are created for connection. And I know that with all the uh, opinion that's floating around, especially here in Ontario right now, we can still actually still agree that we need real connection. But here's the issue. As silly and as relentless as these restrictions are starting to be at this point, they are going to end. We will be back together. But what happens then? Just back to normal? Just because we're allowed to meet again, does that mean that we want normalcy back in the church? You know, the past two years have made us learn how to do everything on our own. And you know what? I am also convinced that even when COVID is gone, the temptation to do things alone will not be gone. And unfortunately, that leaves a lot of people in a very vulnerable state. So here's the truth. There is no new normal. We are in a position to define what we want next. We are in a unique time and place where we can approach our Heavenly Father and ask for something new. We can ask that He bring us to a new level of strength where we're not easily overpowered by anything. You know what? I'm tired of the restrictions. I'm, I'm tired of being an educational assistant for my kids. But you know what I am more tired of? I am exceptionally tired of normal. I need something new, Lord. I need, I need you more and more and less of me because isolation has made me really aware of how tired I am of myself. We need to receive power from on high. The church needs to receive power from on high. The church needs its power restored. But I know that terms and conditions do apply. Verse 9 in Ecclesiastes says that two have a good return for their labor. And this points back to verse 8, actually, which, which says that it's meaningless and miserable to toil for oneself. Not only do two have a better return, but two can help each other. There's something that happens when, as Paul states, we do not neglect the gathering of the saints. And you know, I, I really believe that one of the greatest outcomes of coming together is, in fact, unity. And I, I love how verse 11 talks about how two people can actually keep each other warm. 
And if you've been a Christian long enough, you're fully aware that one of the ways we keep God's love burning in our hearts is by encouraging and inspiring each other. When you surround yourself with people who love Jesus and it, and it shows in their words and their actions, it's actually contagious. And this type of love grows when you're united with other believers. When we connect with each other and sincerely go after God together, it's going to keep the fire, the, the warm fire of God's love burning in our hearts. Take a minute and consider what kind of impact the unity of a three-strand core can have on your life. As we get closer to being able to join together again, I think two things are going to happen. First, we will do more. It will not be about what you can get out of coming to church. It will be about what you can do with the power you receive by coming together. Second, a three-strand cord life means that you can be more. Here's a good thing about the pandemic, and I bet none of you have heard anyone say that before, but a good thing that comes about from the pandemic is that it's actually shown us what our limitations are as individuals. You can be more because you're connected to your fellow believers. Think about that. Your fellow believer's strength can become your strength because it all comes from one source, the same source. Man, let's remove the word isolation from our vocabulary for a good three years, all right? Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. Let's claim that reward. Let's claim that power. Basically, the, the power of a three-strand cord is that it makes you stronger. God knew this from the beginning and has given us several terms and conditions in the Bible to tell us how important it is. So if we know this, it does beg the question, who are you connected to? When you make the decision to be connected to both God and the believers in your life, it will make you stronger. It will make you more accountable and it will make you more productive. So, who are you connected to? You need to answer that question today because you were never created to be alone. It's one of the most important things you can do. You have to get connected to others in the body of Christ. If you're online and those people don't exist in your life, pray that God will bring them to you. And you know what? I just happen to know a fantastic, beautiful group of on-fire people that can connect with you. And for us who already have these people in our lives, Let's not neglect the gathering of our saints. Let's not take for granted the gathering of our people. I truly believe that this is a key for the church to receive power from on high. We're not meant to be like this. Online is cool and everything, and you know, it has its merits, but it never will be the replacement for face-to-face -face fellowship. You are not meant to be alone, and, and neither was I. So let's sincerely pray that we will be in each other's presence long before the current provincial plan is suggesting. You know, we need the power of God to make that happen. So let's agree together that we're going to seek for His strength in numbers. And as we come back together, let's grow together. Let's strengthen each other. Let's be the people of God that He wants us to be. Let's pray. Loving God, Jesus, help us to remember that you never meant for us to be lone wolves, but you meant for us to be together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, how good it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Jesus, you knew what we needed, and you prayed for unity in the body of Christ, that we might be united in love just as you are united with the Heavenly Father in love. Give us, your children, the desire to be in fellowship with you and with each other. Heavenly Father, I pray for your strength to be renewed in your church. Give us today a supernatural boost of faith and a supernatural boost of power with this collective state of powerlessness that we currently feel today. 
Help us to get back on our feet once again and to run the race that is set before the church. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Bless you all, and I pray that you might receive His power and presence today so that when we come back together soon, we will see our church move in power and in might. God bless you all.